How many of you know there is power in music? Come on, slip a band. There's power in music, right? And music is powerful. It can actually adjust our mood. It can change our frame of mind. I mean, it's just powerful. It can actually, you don't even have to be able to sing or to talk to know how powerful music is. Matter of fact, music is so powerful, we build playlists to set us up for the moment, right? We have a workout playlist. We have a running playlist. We have a drive-to-work playlist. We have a study playlist. And come on, we've got that date night playlist. Yeah. And so it just sets the mood. It sets the tone. I mean, can you imagine? We know that music impacts the environment, but can you imagine going to a boxing match and the boxer walking out to no music? Can you imagine a movie with no soundtrack? Can you imagine a high school football game without a high school band? You just can't imagine those environments because they're set by the music that they play. Even our kids, our children, they sleep to music, they play to music, they dance to music. As a matter of fact, I want to share a memory with you. This is, I'm about to share a video of my two-year-old grandson, and he was hanging out at Pop's house, and that's what my favorite people call me, Pop's. And uh, we had cranked up the worship music, and this song comes on by Brandon Lakes. It's called I Need a Ghost. It's about the Holy Spirit. And I want you to watch my two-year-old grandson's reaction and response and how music impacted him. Check out this video. Yeah, you got to see Dax Ham and Brandon Lake's first duo, right? Amen. Can't even pronounce the words, but music impacts him so much he sings them anyway. Music is powerful in our lives. No matter the age or the stage, music impacts us. And my favorite type of music is worship music. And music begins to change the environment. And worship music helps us. It sets the moment. Music, it starts to not only impact your mood, but it can bring energy or it can calm you. It can... It can stir up memories or it can set you up for what you're about to walk into. And I believe during this miracle series that worship is actually a key to some of your miracles today. I believe that we're going to learn how God uses worship to go before us to prepare, prepare us for the miracles. There's a story in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 that I think really opens this up and helps us understand it. There's three countries that have combined their armies, and they're coming together against God's people who are in Judah at this time. And they're going to they're gonna kill them, and those that are alive, they're going to enslave them. That's their plan. And King Jehoshaphat, the king of that area at that time, he realizes what's going on when he gets word, and he calls the people of Judah together, and they fall on their face before God, and they start to fast and to pray and to seek God. And in the middle of this prayer meeting, a prophet hears from God, and he stands up, and he says, I have a word from the Lord. God is going to fight your battle for you. You won't have to do anything but just stand and see God win the battle. How many of you know a worship service broke out right then? It was deeper night all of a sudden, right? They were going after Jesus and excited, but they began to worship the Lord in that moment. I believe there's some key elements in this that would apply to our life today as we're seeking miracles from God. And so I want to share with you in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, I want, the first thing I want to share with you is that worship is a command. King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground 
And all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. The minute King Jehoshaphat heard about the armies, it drove him to his knees. His first act, his first action was prayer and worship. And I believe our first response when we're facing battles should be prayer and worship. That's the first thing we should do. As a matter of fact, the Bible not only says that we're created to worship, it commands us to worship. And our worship is an act of obedience to God's word that unlocks, that opens this opportunity for God to do a miracle. Psalm 95 and 6 says, come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Psalm 99 and 9 says, exalt the Lord, our God. Worship him at his holy mountain for he is holy. Psalm 102 says, worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Worship is a command. We are created and we're commanded to worship God. When you need a miracle from God, do what King Jehoshaphat did. Worship God. As a matter of fact, he believed so much in the power of worship, he literally sent his worship team ahead of his warriors. Listen to this next verse in, in 21. It says, after consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. They put the singers ahead of the archers and the swordsmen. And can I challenge you today? You need to put worship ahead of what you're facing. You need to send worship ahead of your battle. Send worship ahead of your challenge. Send worship ahead of your struggle. Send worship ahead of your need today. There's power, miracle working power in worship. I face battles in my life with kids and my health, my marriage with my family, and on many occasions, I sent worship ahead, and I always saw the blessing of God because of worship going ahead of my battle. Maybe right now, some of you are facing some battles. Maybe right now, there's some things challenging going on in your life. Hey, I want us to activate this right now. I want us to take 10 seconds, and let's give God our best worship for 10 seconds. Come on, can you, can you clap with me? Can you praise him? Father, we thank you. Come on, give us 10 seconds. We love you, God. You are mighty, God. You are a holy, God. We worship you. We give you honor. Go ahead of us, oh God. We thank you, Lord, for winning the battles. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father. Now that you have sent worship ahead, let's talk about what's taking place as you send worship ahead. Worship creates an atmosphere for the miracles and for the miraculous. How does worship create an atmosphere for the miraculous, Pastor Jason? Well, first of all, worship creates an atmosphere where God shows up. Second Chronicles 2 and 20, listen to this. At the very moment they begin to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to fight among themselves. At the very moment they began to worship, look at your neighbor and say, at the very moment they began to worship the Lord himself, God began to work. When you begin to worship, God begins to work. When you lift up your praise, God begins to work. At the very moment you begin to work up, God can shift the atmosphere. He can shift that person. He can shift the, the feelings in your home. He can shift and begin to meet needs and work in your life. The moment that you begin to worship, God shows up. God moves when we begin to worship. In this passage, as they worship, God showed up and the atmosphere changed. Another way the atmosphere changes when worship creates an atmosphere where God not only shows up, but God shows off. In 2 Chronicles 20 and 22, that verse we just read, at the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. Like 
God showed up, but he showed off. He made them beat each other up, right? Like, that's powerful. They didn't even have to fight the battle. The enemies that were coming against them started to destroy each other. God showed up, and God showed off his power as they worshiped. God showed up, and he showed off. I'll never forget the power of worship in one of the darkest seasons of my life. We had a family member that was addicted to drugs and virtually homeless at this time. I was in some severe pain, constant pain that was overwhelming. Deep depression started to settle in. I was battling the depression and things going on in my life. And then on top of that, we started having major plumbing issues. And I'll never forget in the middle of this, the plumber sitting down and saying, okay, here's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to cut up the floor from your laundry room all the way through your dining room or all the way through your kitchen into your dining room. And we're going to have to tear that out. And it's going to be several thousand dollars and it's going to take several weeks, so you got to find somewhere else to live and to cook your food and to have all of that stuff. Like, you won't be able to have access to this area. I could just feel the depression deepening and the darkness overwhelming me, and I could feel the enemy. It felt like he was coming at me 100 miles an hour, and like I could see him coming, but I couldn't do anything about it. And that evening, I'm sitting there, and I'm just mulling all of this over, and this old hymn comes to mind. How many of you are grateful for grandparents that made you go to church and sing the old hymns? Amen? This old hymn came to mind, and, and it goes like this. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. And this is where I was at. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. When darkness fails his lovely face, I felt that darkness. But the next verse says, his oath, his covenant, his blood supports me in the overwhelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. This song was stirring in my soul, and I let it keep stirring in my soul. And eventually my soul couldn't, ta couldn't ta contain it anymore. And it started to come out of my mouth. And as it came out of my mouth, the words began to pierce the darkness that the enemy had brought over me. Began to break through the shroud the enemy had placed over me. Began to bust through and bring light into the midst of my darkness. And that day God showed up on the scene and that day my father stood up and began to fight the battle for me from that day forward over the next several months God healed my body God restored my family the depression left and every day I wake up with hope in my soul and joy in my spirit amen worship went ahead of me and God showed up and he showed off and guess what I'm still singing and I'm still worshiping today because of the power of worship to bring miracles Worship also creates an atmosphere where the enemy is shut down. In 2 Chronicles 20, verse 23 and 24, the armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. God began to, or they began to worship. God showed up. He showed out in such a powerful way. He shut the enemy literally down in their life. They worshiped God and God worked. I think so many people miss God because they're working instead of worshiping. They're working so hard on their miracle instead of worshiping God and letting the worship bring the miracle. You can get so busy trying to work it out, work your way out that you miss 
worshiping your way out. God will fight your battles if you learn to worship your way out. Some of you are trying to fight battles that your worship was intended to win, not your work. Psalm 8 and 2, I love this verse. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When you worship, the enemy is shut down. When the enemy says you should be depressed, worshiping God says you have joy. When the enemy says you should be worried, worshiping God will bring peace. When the enemy says you should be filled with fear, worshiping God will bring courage and boldness. When the enemy says to give in to anger, worshiping God will flood your soul with love. When the enemy says you should be jealous, worshiping God will bring contentment. When the enemy says you should give up, worshiping God will bring strength, faith, hope, and the victory. Worshiping God allows him to move in, change the atmosphere, fight your battles for you. And do miracles in your life. Worshiping also creates an atmosphere for freedom. In this story, the people of Israel saw God defeat their enemy and put an end to their threat of being enslaved. People experienced freedom because of the presence and the power of our living God. Their worship was key to their freedom. I think some of you right now are battling some enslavement in your life, and you need to find freedom. You need to find freedom from addiction. Freedom from fear and worry and anxiety. Freedom from unforgiveness. Can I tell you, worship is the key for you today. It will unlock that cell. It will bring you freedom today. If you will worship your way to freedom and experience it just like the children of Israel did. As a matter of fact, because God shows up, listen to this, 2 Corinthians 3 and 17. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Worship because God inhabits the praises of his people. And there's freedom for you today if you will experience the Lord through worship in his presence. The spirit of the Lord brings freedom. And some of you are going to experience that freedom as you worship today. Worship also creates an atmosphere for provision. This is one of my favorite parts of this story. So lean in and listen. In verse 25, King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. Now, they didn't fight at all, but look what they're getting to do. They found vast amounts of equipment and clothing and other valuables, more than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took three days just to collect it all. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked, God, thanked the Lord there. It is still called the Valley of Blessing today. Because they sent worship ahead, God showed up. God showed out. God shut down the enemy. He brought freedom and he brought provision. They weren't even asking for that. They were just asking for the freedom from their enemy. But God brought provision too. And some of you will experience provision as God does miracles in your life. What I love about this story is they were heading to a place that was going to be a place of battle, of warfare, of pain, and of suffering. But because of their worship and God showing up and God showing out and God doing a miracle there, it was renamed to the Valley of Blessing. Some of you are in a valley of suffering today, and as God begins to do miracles in your life, there'll be a day you look back in your journal, and you scratched out the name suffering, and you wrote Valley of Blessing, amen, because God will show up in the midst of your valley and turn it from a place of suffering to a place of blessing because of the worship. It becomes a, an atmosphere for provision. I've experienced so many blessings because of worship. Worship brought me my wife of 32 years. I am blessed. Worship brought my kids back to me when they were running from God. I am blessed. Worship brought me to People's Church when I was over 12 years ago when I was questioning my calling and my career. I am blessed. 
Worship has gone before me in so many ways and brought so many blessings in my life. And I'm living, I'm a living witness that God can turn a life of depression and suffering into a valley of blessing through worship. My life is far from perfect, but it is blessed because of worship today. God's miraculous provision is on the other side of your worship today. Worship must be continuous. When God brings the miracle, don't stop the worship. 2 Chronicles 20, 27, they're trying to carry all of this stuff back. And then all the men returned to Jerusalem, with Jehoshaphat leading them, overjoyed that the Lord had given them victory over their enemies. They marched into Jerusalem to the music of harps and lyres and trumpets, and they proceeded, proceeded to the temple of the Lord. They worshiped before the battle, during the battle, and after the battle. Their worship was continuous. The power of worship is not about a one-time visitation, not a one and done for us. It's a lifestyle that God's called us to live, live in. We talked earlier about you were created to worship and you're commanded to worship. It's a daily lifestyle that we choose. And this act of worship is something that we can experience anytime, anyplace, anywhere because of who we serve, because we are created to live a life of worship. Hebrews 13 and 15 says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Psalm 34, 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Psalm 71, 8, My mouth is filled with your praise, declaring your splendor all day long. Listen, if you will live a life of worship, you'll live a life of miracles. I believe with all my heart, worship is not just 15 to 20 minutes of singing on a Sunday, although we do get to experience some of the best of that. Worship is what you're doing on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Worship is a lifestyle. And if you will choose a lifestyle of worship, you'll experience a life of miracles. I can promise you that because God does miracles as we worship. There's some things that would try to steal your continual worship, and I just want to address those as we prepare our hearts for a time of worship and receiving some miracles. Don't let the battle steal your worship. I'm, I'm aware some of you are weary. You're battle-weary. You've been fighting so long, and you're tired. Can I encourage you? Just worship one more time. Just press in one more time. Come on, press through one more time. You're battle-worried, but if you won't allow the battle to steal your worship, I promise you God will step onto the battlefield with you as you worship. Don't let people steal your worship. In this story, the problem was the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, but that didn't occupy Israel's mind. God did. You see, I, I believe that they worship God in spite of the people. Some of you are not worshiping because you've allowed people to occupy the space that was intended for God in your life. And worship will literally shift your perspective from people back to God. Don't let people steal your worship today. Let God shift your perspective back to him as you worship him. Don't let pride steal your worship today. Worship is surrender. In this story, Israel, they are a mighty army. They could have said, come on, let's go get them. God's on our side. They could have chosen to fight the battle. Instead, they paused. They humbled themselves before the Lord, and they worshiped him. And by doing that, God spoke to them and said, you're not going to have to break a sweat to win this battle. Now, maybe to carry all the stuff back, yes, but I'm going to go ahead of you and do it for you. Some of you in your pride, you're trying to wrestle through and win the battle on your own. But listen to this. You cannot worship and have pride at the same time because worship is surrender. 
You can't have control and worship at the same time. Surrender to God. Surrender your control. Surrender your pride and worship God. Don't let worship, don't let pride steal your worship today. Don't let feelings steal your worship. In this battle, they had to make a choice. Do they allow their feelings of fear and confusion steal their faith? Or do they lean into God regardless of how they felt? You think when I was sitting there and after getting that news in the midst of my depression and my pain that I felt like worshiping the Lord? Not at that moment I didn't. I felt abandoned by God. And yet that song brought me out of that moment and brought God onto the scene. Some of you just don't feel like worshiping. Can I challenge you today? Will you press through your feelings? Give God your best. Don't let your feelings steal your worship and steal your miracle today. This one may shock you, but don't let success steal your worship. Even after God destroyed their enemies, the people continued to worship him. I've seen people allow their success to steal their worship. Don't let your education steal your worship. Don't let your job steal your worship. Don't let that car, that house, or that vacation home, or don't let it steal your worship. Continue to make God the center of your life. God is always worthy to be worshiped. Never, ever, ever let success steal your worship. Don't let anything steal your worship today. How many of you know God's worthy to be praised and to get our best? He's worthy. He's worthy. So in a few moments here, we're going to worship together. And I just encourage you right now, just get your focus on God. Put your phone on Do Not Disturb if you have to right now. I'm actually ending some minutes early so that we can have this moment here. And I want to see some miracles take place today because we're pressing through and we're worshiping the Lord. Matter of fact, I can't wait. Did you hear, Pastor? He would love to hear from you if God's done some miracles. I can't wait to hear some of those stories. And I can't wait to see some of the dates on those stories. It was on, it was on October the 22nd, 1105. We began to worship the Lord and cancer left my body. We began to worship the Lord and my prodigal son came home. We began to worship the Lord. And my wife took my hand for the first time in three months. We began to worship the Lord. And unforgiveness and bitterness left my soul. God's going to do some miracles in this house. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? There's some of you here that God wants to do a miracle in your life, but you haven't started that journey with him the journey of a lifestyle of worship. You're far from God right now. You haven't asked him to forgive you of your sins and be Lord of your life. This is your moment. This is your time. I would want to encourage you, would you say yes to Jesus today? Or maybe you used to serve the Lord and used to attend church and you're, you're just far from God. You may even be joining us online and you just kind of slipped and you're you just haven't made him the center of your life anymore. This is your moment. This is your time to begin a life of worship, a life where God is invited into your situation, your circumstances. You will never go through it alone again if you choose this moment to take this step. If you're here and you'd say, Pastor, I need to begin that relationship with Jesus. I need to ask him to be Lord of my life. I need to begin to live a lifestyle of worship, but I can't start that until I start a relationship with him. But I want to today. 
or I want to return to him today. On the count of three, would you just slip up your hand and say, that's me, Pastor Jason. I want to choose Jesus today. Just slip up your hand. One, two, three. Amen. Thank you. I see those hands. I see those hands. Come on, Northwest. Come on, Midwest City. Edmond. Come on, Mabel Bassett. Come on, online. You can slip your hand up right there in your living room. God sees. God sees this moment. Thank you. I still see hands going up. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, here's what I would love to do as a family today. Can we all say this prayer out loud to support those that are saying yes to Jesus? Let's just repeat this out loud with me, if you would. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. God, thank you for raising Jesus from the dead so that I could have eternal life. Please forgive me of all my sins. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Receive this act of worship today. In your name I pray. Amen, amen, amen.